Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. You are listening to Romantic Truth with Josen, your host in Las Vegas. these conditions well it's an attraction to skin and one is a repulsion of skin and textures now there's also another uh, term called pleophilia we'll get into that pleophobia we'll get into that in the next podcast what is dorophobia? It has to do with the skin. Usually, some people have a fetish for animal skin. You know, people that like, uh, especially back in the 70s, women liked uh, leather. They liked uh, leopard skin. They liked fur. Until it became politically incorrect. And then in the 80s, 90s, Going into really the 2000s, a new moral consciousness prevailed, and therefore hides of animals were not really looked upon as favorable, especially by the Gen Z generation. Millennials started at Gen Z's underscored that disdain. However, there's another reason why people use dorophilia. Based on skin color, there are some people that are actually enamored by a person's skin. It is not uncommon for interracial relationships to have that as a component of the attraction. Now, you're still feeling a little bit objectified by this phenomenon. There are some people that actually have that fetish. So yes, they may love you, but the premise for them to even get to the close, get close enough to even think about having a relationship with you has to do with your skin. It has very little to do with you. Now, here's the interesting thing. When it comes down to preferences, a person can be discriminated if they don't have the right color skin for the individual that they're interested in. So you see how close race plays in this because it's synonymous that certain people of certain races are definitely going to have a reflection when it comes to skin tone. And this is what we deal with, especially in America, something we've been grappling with for centuries. Now, the sad truth about this is some people think it's okay. You have a lot of Caucasian women who think it's okay to compliment a man on his black skin or on his dark skin. And they may even make reference to it about how they love the skin tone. I remember when I was with Monica. Monica could be very, very pale during the winter. During the summer, 
she was dark and almost my skin tone, if not dark. I remember one winter, she wanted to go, went to some island south of the equator because she didn't like being pale for whatever reason. It never was an issue, but the thing was, she had that versatility and she thought it was kind of cool. But our relationship wasn't based on that, thank goodness. I didn't get the compliments about my skin color. I got the compliments about my character, about the quality of a partner I was with her. That mattered more than anything. So we bridged that gap. However, unfortunately for some, they can't get past that. And let me tell you something, ladies, especially you ladies from different races looking at black men. If you ever tell a black man this, he's going to feel as though he's a commodity. It's the same thing that a slave owner or a slave purchaser would tell someone at an auction it's Baltimore, Savannah, Georgia, or Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, he has good skin. Tell him. You want to lay off that. You want to really focus on the character of the person. Now, with this thoraphobia, is the opposite. Some people who don't like people of a different skin tone. There are darker skinned people that don't want anyone light skin around them or relationship or anything. And they will discriminate on that. There are some lighter skinned people who don't want dark skinned people around them. You see this a lot during interracial dating sites especially. You go on some of them and they have a certain tolerance of skin tone. So take, for instance, a Caucasian woman. They want a man who's a Pacific, Pacific Islander or a Latino because he's not going to be too dark. And with that, that's their level of tolerance. Now, sad to say, there are some people who would like to date darker people, but they're afraid to because of the ridicule, the social implications. And this is within the African-American community and other, minor, other minority communities as well. It's not just across racial lines. It's within their own groups. There are even whites who will not date people in their own race because they may have dark features or they may have dark hair. I've run across women who have told me straight up that they would never date a guy with dark hair or red hair. They wanted someone with blonde hair and blue eyes like they had. Now, people have their preferences. There's no law against that. And we will never be able to regulate the hearts, minds, and souls of men and women. Not going to happen. We're not going to have arranged marriages in America where they're legal recognized for the most part 
But here's the thing we have to come to grips with. We all have some sort of preferences. We all have the things that we like in other people that we may not have in ourselves. One of the most fundamental ones, those who like people because, guess what, they're not you. So, a man likes a woman because she has things that he doesn't have. Another man may like another man because, well, he may have things that he doesn't have. Same thing with women who like each other. There's usually the attraction has to do with something missing in their own realm. And that's what makes us attracted to other people. We don't think about it like that, but if you really think about it, that's usually the way it is. Now, the thing we have to also look at is what are the intentions behind this fetish? There could be a lot of things. With dorophilia, there is an attraction based on the skin being the premise. So a woman that says she's only into black guys, guess what she's going to do? Filter out everybody else that's not black. And then she may have a sub-preference. He can't be too black. He must be walnut color, chestnut color. You name them a rain. Now some black women do this with men. They don't want to be with a real dark man. Especially if she's dark. She may be looking for someone lighter. I remember one lady told me straight up, oh, we can't date. If we had children, we'd have some mud babies. African American woman told me that. And she wasn't that dark. When I first met the lady from Uganda years ago, I was attracted to this woman at first sight. Not because of her skin color, but she's by far the darkest woman I've ever dated in my life. But then again, she was one of the most attractive women I've ever dated in my life. When this woman smiled, has stopped rotating. And when she introduced herself, very pleasant, very cordial, very nice. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, damn, I'm after I got to talking with her, found out she was a lawyer. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this woman is accomplished She's attractive. I can tell she went through a British scholarship because of her English. It was the Queen's English. Very prim and proper. And she was always smiling and laughing. And we got along so well. And the interesting thing was, and I told this before, she was ridiculed by other black women because 
it was different. Her natural hair grew out of her head and went all the way to her butt. Natural hair. And we just hear the comment, oh, she wearing a wig, that's gonna be a wig. No, that was her hair. She didn't have one cavity in her mouth. All her teeth were in order, proper. Had better dental work than I could ever have. Beautiful woman. And the thing was, every white person we passed damn near, especially white female, first thing they would do, compliment her on her skin before anything else. And she said, this is annoying. It's just like I'm some kind of thing inside of a trophy case. And she says, and you've been with me and you never once mentioned anything about my skin and I appreciate that. And they wanted to touch her skin. They wanted to touch her hair like she was some kind of alien from some other planet. A lot of you African-American women face this sometimes. What if people want to touch your hair? They want to touch your skin. If you're not African-American, I'm just going to give you a little word of advice that would help you. Never, ever do that. Never, ever touch someone without their permission. They're not a slave up for auction. Just don't do it. Because here's the thing. We don't do it to you. Out of respect. And sometimes people forget and think they have social privilege and they think they can do that. No, that's offensive. It's very condescending. And here's the other thing. When you're meeting someone of a different race, especially African-American, Hispanic, because I've heard it said to both, oh, you have beautiful skin. But yet, you will greet another white person by saying, Hey, how are you doing today? You're looking marvelous. You're looking fabulous. Minorities would like that same greeting. It helps out a lot. Now, here's the other thing, too. And this is just to help you along. Many times these people that have this fetish for skin, they obsess over it. So they want to lotion you down because they love your skin, just like you're some sort of item that they purchase, like you're a car and they're oiling you down, that kind of thing. And that's all they're fixated on. This is the reason why many interracial relate, any, many interracial relationships fail because see society is already bringing out the obvious things that make you different when you underscore them in a relationship it doesn't help because it becomes annoying you're compiling on a message that people are tired of hearing the same shit that you're told every time you go out somewhere we'll talk more in a moment
see when you start doing that, it would be the equivalent of me going up to a Caucasian woman and saying, hey, love your skin. You would take it differently more than likely. You'd say, oh, well, I just use Dove body wash or whatever. But if I said, love your pale skin, you probably won't take that so kindly. You may be conscious of the fact that maybe you don't tan. And so, in a way, that could be offensive. Well, we are the same way as minorities. No matter what race we are, we're the same way. Because it comes across as patronizing, is what I'm getting at. When it comes across as offensive. It's okay for you to be fixated on you like the color. I'll tell you right up front, I love women with tan lines. It's just something about them that seems prohibitive because what it looks like is that when she takes off her clothes, those lighter areas are the forbidden areas that I couldn't see. But am I going to discriminate against every woman because she doesn't have tan lines? No. But it's a preference, but a preference that I could deal with within the parameters of other women. But see, what you have sometimes are exclusionary preferences. They only want a certain type. And what they want a lot of times is the skin color to match the expectations of the stereotype of the behavior. Let me give you an example of this. I was at a mixer one time out by UCLA. This was back in the 90s. And when I say mixer, I'm talking about singles mixers where you come and meet people. This was before cell phones. We had those god-awful Motorola 900 megahertz uh, gray flip phones. And I met this lady there. And she was a very attractive lady. And I could tell she was Latina, lighter complexion, long, beautiful hair. And we were at the champagne bar together. And she kind of looked at me. I looked at her. We spoke. And we started talking. And as we started talking, she says, you're a really nice guy. I love your conversation, but you're not my type. And I said, really? I said, what type are you looking for? She says, well, I'm looking for a real dark brother. And I'm like, okay. Well, later on that evening, I saw the type of dark brother she was looking for. She was looking for a guy that of course, try to play like he was a thug when he wasn't. Because in those environments, they wouldn't let you wear blue jeans, which you had turned backwards and all that. But he was trying to act a role, which he wasn't acting until she gave him the attention. Then he started getting loud, calling people homie and all of this stuff and wanting to give high fives and all this. But that didn't start until he was with her. It was like lights Action, camera, Negro. All of a sudden, 
But after I saw what her standards were and the kind of guy she was looking for, I weighed the odds and I said, would she really be somebody I'd be comfortable with? The answer was no. On several levels. Because I see that that air she plays is different from who she would like to identify with. That's not taking anything away from the dude because, hey, he was just being himself. If he had to put on the show for her, he did. I wasn't going to do that. At that same event, an African-American woman there. Pretty cute. She had a short, curly afro. And she had a mole on her cheek, which I thought was pretty nice. It was one of those flesh moles. And I was teasing her when I walked up to her. I said, you didn't put that on there with some mascara, did you? And she said, no, it's, it's real. I said, if it's real, you let me touch it. And she said, okay, you can touch it, but don't try nothing. And I went on. And I said, damn, that is. And it looked good on her. Well, she was a medium brown African-American woman. And she was like, um, yeah, I'm just here for the drinks. I'm here for the food but I'm not here for a relationship. I'm here to meet people, which was cool with me. Come to find out, she was selling Amway. Well, I wasn't interested in that damn soap or that spot remover, uh, carpet cleaner, whatever the hell they had. Didn't bother me, I wasn't into that. And we started talking. And as we spoke, I said, well, what kind of man would you look for if you were looking for one she says you know I don't know but he's not here well I knew my throat was cut so I didn't have to worry about it and she thought about it for a moment and she said I think my ideal man would be some brother that has light eyes and light skin and I said why so she said well in that way our kids are going to come out nice and we'll probably get treated a little bit better because of him. Something I'd heard before. And I was like, okay, cool. And she's like, did I hurt your feelings? I said, no. I said, because you already told me that nobody in here was up to par. And of course, she was trying to test me. But I wasn't going to take her bait. I didn't pursue it any further. I said, well, I'm not going to encumber the rest of your night. Please enjoy your evening. It was nice meeting you. And I walked away. The whole night, she was shadowing me, seeing who I was talking to, seeing who I was mingling with, etc. I met this Filipino lady and she was a very nice lady. She was in her mid-40s. Very, very attractive. I mean, this woman, when I first saw her, I thought she was like maybe 22 or 23. And she's like, no, 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 no. She says, I own an immigration service company that helps people process the immigration papers. Oh, cool. We exchanged business cards and we called each other. We went to lunch a couple of days later. And 
everything was pretty cool. And I told her I'd been to the Philippines and told her about the cities that I've been to there. And she was originally from Ilongapo City, where the city was right off the base that I was at. And we talked about some of the things there. And we really got close. We really got real close. And then we went on our first official date. That's when I realized how some women can be very possessive. She laid down the rules. I couldn't speak with another woman. If I met another woman, I'd have to introduce her to her. She had a whole list of things. And I asked her, why all of the locks on the front door? Metaphorically. And she said that when she got here, because her husband was in the Air Force, Donna Clark, he got here and totally changed on her. And basically told her, I man, you woman, you cook, you stay at home. I do, I provide. And of course, that didn't fly well with her. She divorced him after her required period. I think it was 10 years to stay with him. And then she went on and sent for her family and went on to law school. And she got involved with immigration law. then I started thinking, I said, well, she's a very nice woman, but she's way too insecure for me. She's got all of this stuff in her past that she's still trying to grapple with today. And I asked her, I said, uh, have you gotten any kind of help? What do you mean? And then I started talking about therapy. Now, boy, she went off, and I knew then, okay, I hit a landmine on that one. And the reason why she went off was because her ex-husband told her that she may need to look at that. So what the indicator was for me was that, okay, I'm not the only person that noticed this, so therefore, there is a problem. You haven't recognized it, but two people have. So I started pulling back. And then eventually, we faded. I was glad. Not that she was a bad woman or anything, but she hadn't dealt with some issues in her past that were still haunting her forward. And you run across that. That's a legitimate reason. There's no reason to really be with someone if they're still looking back while they're stepping forward because they're gonna trip and you're going to fall with them. Now, another thing about this attraction to skin. In this perspective, what I'm talking about is some people like that because of what's associated with it. The black man with the big dick who's getting red and that's it. You have a lot of people that actually want to live out those fantasies. I was talking to a lady recently. 
that said that when she was having sex with a black man, she was a white woman, that the guy wanted her to call him the N-word while they were having sex. This isn't the first time I've heard something like this. There was an Caucasian man that wrote into the show that asked me about that when his African-American wife asked him to call him that, asked him to call her that while they were having sex one night. So this skin fetish goes both ways and it's associated with a lot of other things just more so than the skin color. In many cases, it's associated with the social dynamic. Does this mean that every interracial relationship goes through this? No. Some people are in interracial relationships and that doesn't even come up. They go on and live harmoniously. There are others that are motivated by that adversarial thing between the races, whether it's black and white, black and Hispanic, you name it, whatever race, where they enjoy screwing the stereotype. I remember when I was in the military, we go to these different places. These guys were looking for the stereotypes. I remember one time I took a friend of mine down to Tijuana. He's, this idiot's going down there with a serape over his shoulder and a damn sombrero, thinking for some reason that people still wore that. And I told him, I said, that'd be the equivalent of you wearing a, a slave's outfit here in America. Some man take that shit off. No, no. So we're going into Tijuana, going into the bars. They're laughing at him. He doesn't get it. And what he was looking for was the stereotypical Latina, Mexicana, that he saw on television in the movies, those old westerns. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> get a grip. But he doesn't quite, didn't quite see it that way. Eventually he capitulated. But you'll have some people that have that stereotype in their head and they won't let it go. Now, this also leads to, and it's linked to exploratory dating, and I got a whole podcast on that. How someone is with you just to see what it's like to be with someone who looks like you. It's like fucking an alien, basically. And they might like the sexual benefit of being with that person or whatever fetish that they want to fulfill, but they don't want to take it on the road. They don't want to make it public because they have too many things to jeopardize in exchange. So they just want to keep you where they can kind of control the narrative. This Caucasian gentleman wrote a while back about a woman he was dating down in Inglewood, California, and how he wouldn't take her out of the area. He kept her there because of his constituents. Out on the west side found out that he was dealing with a black woman and disowned him. That's the way it goes. There was a YouTube, I mean not YouTube, but a TikTok video, this African-American kid that had a white girl in the house. And he was trying to 
hurry her out of the house before his mom found out. Mom finds out and she's cussing him out. Mad as hell. Wanted him with a black woman. But here's the thing. Loving the person you love, they shouldn't have a color. They should have a character. You should have the character, the template of the kind of person you want in your head. All of the physical attributes, that's secondary. You got to get along with the character of that person. Her skin color, his skin color is not going to help you any more in that relationship, but on the external side. Now, I'll give credit there because of a couple of things. A lot of places I would not have gotten into had I not been with Monica. Face it. By the same token, when Monica wanted to go out to some of these African-American clubs, Latin clubs, she would have been fresh meat in those environments. So, this cultural chasm that we have, this racial chasm that we have in this country is real. No matter how much you love that person, it's dealing with the external forces outside of the relationship that's the most complicated thing to deal with. Many of these interracial couples get along very well. However, you have the outside influences. People that say that you don't deserve to be with someone because you're of that person's race and therefore they deserve you. Not necessarily. I know black women right now, they will not date other black men, not because of their skin color, it's because of the way they act, because of their character and their behavior. Just like there are black men who won't date black women on that same reason. See, we think that congruency by having race as a common denominator is going to be easier than anything else. Well, we know that's a lie because 85% of people in general marry within their own race. But yet, we have a very high divorce rate on all groups. And why is that? Except Asian and Latinos for the most part. But why is that, though? It's because of the fact that we think that that's going to be the precursor to our getting along. But there are a lot of people who actually wind up comporting themselves and dating people within their own race when they want to date someone outside of it. Sounds odd, doesn't it? People put under peer pressure. I had a friend of mine years ago. He would only date, quote-unquote, high yellow black women. Women that had light skin. And he used to always tell me, I want to be with a white woman. But I'm afraid because my family, everybody would disown me. He had that dynamic. There were white women that have asked me to date them, provided that we kept it on the down low. Hell no. Some of the women rolled into this show asking for that kind of arrangement. I told them to get the fuck on and go find somebody that's weak enough to do that. If a woman's going to be with me, no matter what race she is, she's going to be in public, she's going to be my woman, and that's going to be it. No ifs, ands, and buts. Dealing with those sheep 
those people who are afraid to be with who they are, those people, trust me, they would not have your back if shit go down. Don't waste your time with those. And they'll let you know, because they're going to lay out all the conditions and the requirements. That's what they're going to do. Now, here's the thing, too, not to get mixed up. Fellas especially, but ladies, this goes for you, too. If you guys are just going to have sex and that's going to be it, don't put forth any effort in trying to make it more than it is. Let them know it's going to be a fucking forget. Plain and simple. That's it. You're going to fucking forget about the experience. And you got to remember, in these arrangements, you're being objectified, both of you. Because you really, outside of the nut you're going to bust, you really don't care what happens to that person after they finish doing their thing. It's just the way it is. So what technology has actually done, being that we're still distant from each other, let's look at what it's allowed people to do. Spew out their racial, their racial and racial hatred allowed them to express their fantasies and allowed us also to become more distant from each other. Where we will say things or put things online that we would never say to that person in public or in face to face. See, Gen Z got it right. Love who you love, be with who you want to, and they're looking critically at our past. Jones generation, Gen X, Gen Y, millennials, they're looking at all of us saying, you know what? I don't know why the fuck y'all went out there and bought a big ass house and got a family and had all these babies. Why y'all doing that? And the reason why they're asking that question is because what they're looking at, because after all, they're the most educated group coming up that we've ever had in our history. It'd have been nice to have all these resources when I was coming up, but we actually had to go to the library and do the work and do the research. I couldn't wait until the personal computer came around because I had so much shit in my head that I needed to offload to a computer. You have no idea. This was well before Wikipedia and all the rest of them came around. But here's the thing that I want you to understand, folks. This younger generation, they're trying to go it a little bit fairer. These people are looking up some of the historical things that my father used to tell me about years ago when I was growing up. Things that I couldn't even wrap my head around. And you know, I have to look back at it. My dad was around when Henry Ford was alive. He was around with uh, Firestone was alive. All of those people. 
Hitler, all of those people. And the newspaper was the only way they could get their stuff outside of the radio. He was around before TV was even thought of. And he used to talk about some of the times in Mississippi when the people couldn't afford cars and they still had a horse-drawn carriage or the wagons. And our trip on that. You talk about things such as the English pinchback suit, what he used to wear. And he was telling me how that was the style back then. And I'm like, huh? He introduced me to Dunbush shoes and Stacy Adams shoes. And wearing a suit everywhere you went with a bow tie and a white shirt. I used to tease him. I said, you look like a Muslim. And he'd laugh at me and he'd say, son, he said they get respect too as a black person. And that was one of the reasons why my first pair of blue jeans, I didn't buy them. I had to buy them myself in California. My parents refused to do it. When we went to school, right there in Jackson, Mississippi, we came dressed up, deck to the nines, because the parents wanted to show off that their kids weren't poor. And so they'd spend their last dollar on us. And we used to come to school all the time. All of us be decked out. Silk shirts, suits, Florsham shoes, leisure suits when they were popular. Yes, I wore a leisure suit. And thought I was a shit when I put on some English leather. You couldn't tell me shit then. It had that blowout afro. I tried to dashiki one time. I didn't like it because I realized in Mississippi with the humidity, you can get musty in a dashiki very quickly. Mm-mm. But that was the thing. So, what does it come down to? Ladies, whether you're Latina, whether you're Asian, Filipino, Japanese, Chinese, Malay, Thai, doesn't matter what race you are, Indonesian. If someone's fixated, Punjabi, if they're they're fixated on your skin color if you're a woman of color and they're fixated on it the guys are you need to ask whether or not ask yourself whether or not this person's just into you for that reason because if it is you may be dealing with more of a fetish than anything else and believe it or not doesn't matter what race you are that's the one thing that you want to clear up in the beginning especially if you're different races to make sure it's not a fetish that that person's after because if it is there could be problems and another thing too 
also be mindful. You don't want someone that's looking for an identity. That's with any relationship. And I know what we like to do is to flatten out the argument and act like we're all socially equal. We're not. Society has not accepted that reality yet. You could tell this in the political divided nature of this nation right now. You have people in places in this country who can't wait for the Republicans to get in charge to start repealing as many things as possible that has to do with minorities. So let's not go there with that. That's a moot argument. Let's deal with the reality of what we're dealing with. We have to pick the bones out of the fish. You want someone to love you for who you are. And if you happen to be of a different race than your partner, so be it. As long as you guys love each other on a level where there's respect, where there's dignity, and where you're not being looked upon as some kind of fetish. Now, in some cases, that kind of adds spice to the relationship a little bit for some people. There's some people that like being called different things. There's some people like being treated different ways. The lady from Phoenix who wrote in who was Latina. She was from Peru. And she was upset that her Caucasian boyfriend wanted her to eat a taco while they were having sex. You got to make sure if you're getting into a relationship and role playing is a big thing in it, Make sure that's out there and out front and established. Not something that creeps in while one of the parties is sitting there upset and angry because of the fact they feel like they're being stereotyped. I had one friend that I worked with. He cheated on his wife. He was Caucasian. And he would go for black women. But the only kind of black women he liked was the loud, the ones that had the big breasts, big butt, and that was loud and would cuss all the time because he said he liked putting his dick in their mouth and shutting them up. He did that until his wife caught him. That shit was not pretty. But it happens. You have people that have these kind of fantasies, these kind of things that they would like doing. But the only thing I'm saying is, as long as you're a willing participant, as a consenting adult and you know what you're dealing with it's your business, it's your life and you're the leader of that situation in your life I'm just pointing out things to just be mindful of as you go along on your journey we're going to talk more in just a moment One of the theories that support dorophobia is the fact that this person may take pride in their heritage. So therefore, they don't want people of other backgrounds to interfere with the progression of their lineage. Again, peer pressure, family, society, they don't want that around. Even though they may have other desires 
not uncommon. It's just like the mindset of the slave master that used to have his wife and family intact. But at night, he would have his favorite girl from the field house come into his bedroom chambers. Or the mistress of the plantation may have one of those bucks come into her bedroom. Oh yeah, that happened also. And some of those journals. But here's what you have to understand too. A lot of times these people will say one thing on the outside and mean something else on the inside. We know this. The abolitionists. You mean to tell me that those abolitionists didn't fuck some of those people that were escaping slavery? You need your head examined. You have to understand. There's an attraction. And a lot of times, the taboo, the opposites attract thing, is what actually brings people closer together. Tell me I can't do something. Oh, that's a challenge. Hey, go for it. But when it comes down to this condition, people base their aversion on that. There are some people, minorities, that don't like light-skinned people. There are some light-skinned people or white people that don't like dark-skinned people. There are some medium-toned people that don't like either light-skinned people or dark-skinned people. They like people their own color. So, it varies. And they treat you based on your skin color. A lot of times according to your threat to society. So take for instance, the second largest group of women that are sought by white men besides white women are Asian women. Latin women are third and black women are last. A lot of people had a problem with this when OkCupid, when they uh, pulled their data from OkCupid. But OkCupid is just as reflective of other dating demographics. But then again, Asian males are not sought out either. They're discriminated against because of their height. When it comes to white women, White men are sought out by white women first. White women uh, seek out white men, is what I'm saying. And then afterwards, there's an increased number of white females seeking Hispanic males. Asian males come in next, and then black males. Now, from the numbers that we see, we would think that black males would be second right after white males. But here's the thing, black males and white males are the two races of males in this country that will gladly date out of their race without any reservations or inhibition. It's the percentage, which is small compared to the larger demographic. See, one thing that you have to realize when it comes down to the interracial dynamic doesn't matter what race you are there's a level of discomfort 
among people that have not been around that group of people, whether it's their race or their culture or their nationality. They get uncomfortable. They feel as though they're outmanned and outgunned. It's just like a friend of mine when I was dating this lady from Latin America. He was an American like me, but he didn't speak Spanish and didn't really understand the culture. And he was offended every time they would speak Spanish. And I said, well, here's the thing. Everybody in this room speaks Spanish except for you. In Rome, do as the Romans do. Instead of you sitting there trying to be a critic, why don't you try to learn? Why don't you try to observe? And he thought about it and he said, well, why should I? And I asked him, what ancestry is your family? He said, Dutch and German. I said, can you speak either language? Do you know anything about the history? No. But yet, when you feel as if a person should be willing to learn about your family, your language, your culture, or your heritage, if you were around your family and your friends. He said, maybe. And I asked him, I said, what's the difference between Holland and the Netherlands? I don't know. I said, well, you had higher Holland and you had lower Holland. And it was separated based on that. And Lower Harlem, of course, was where most of the flooding would take place. And not only that, Dutch, derivative of Deutsch, they were all considered German at one point. He didn't know, because he never studied. He never cared, but he could point the finger at someone else's culture, someone else's language. You see, we've been brought up to think that the world has to speak English. No, my friends. These countries that we used to pat on the head during World War I and World War II, that we were saying were developing nations, they're full-grown-ass countries now. Americans, eventually, will have to learn Mandarin at some point. We don't like saying that. But, you know, if you have a country that's going to wind up being the largest economy in the world at some point, we're going to have to adjust. Just like they've adjusted for us, and that's going to be one of the most difficult things in the world. Now, I'm not saying you got to definitely learn the language, but it's going to be more lucrative if you have more Chinese companies in this country. Globalization is not going to stop because you voted a politician in. Globalization is here to stay. If you're going to be mad at anyone, blame the transnational corporations that set up globalization. Countries didn't do it. 
now that we have this expanse, we have to be flexible. If we're going to be a world leader or a global leader, we have to understand that it's going to take more than our military might and our economy to keep us there, at least until the Chinese eclipses, which they probably will by 2040. These are things we have to think about in the future. It's going to be a whole different thing. The Gen Z uh, generation, they're getting it. They understand. They know they're going to have to be flexible. But we're still stuck up in the glory days of World War II. We got to look at the wars that we've had so far. We reached a stalemate with North Korea, which we still haven't resolved yet because it hasn't been resolved. We pulled out of Vietnam. We pulled out of Afghanistan. We stood our ground in Iraq. We did the same thing in Afghanistan, what we get for it? Nothing. So we gotta realize, hey, why are we going out doing all this unnecessary stuff? It took a SEAL team to kill Bin Laden. That's it. And we had to turn over two countries for that. See, the days of the large wars, they're almost over with because we only really have, what, maybe four countries that have the resources to even fight the United States. And right now, none of us really want to get into a a tussle. So we have to face a few things here. One of them should be trying to work on the way we interact and treat each other in this country based on race and religion and all the rest. We need to start healing. We realize that after this midterm, Trump doesn't have the influence and power he thought he had. People are starting to wake up. Yes, the conservatives will have their views and still stick in their corner. But the problem for many of us is the fact that we have to look at how do we let someone gaslight us so much to guide us in the wrong direction so far? A lot of these other countries are looking at us and they're saying, see, they have problems just like everybody else does. we do but we still have to address this racial divide in this country because not only is it racial it's political too now will it ever come to a kumbaya moment where everybody's intermixed and intermarrying no but I tell you one thing it would have solved a lot of problems if everybody of every race just fucked each other it would have really solved the problem. Think I'm kidding? Look at the Latin American countries. Spain brought mostly males in. Now, true enough, I don't agree with the way they did things. I definitely don't agree with what Christopher Columbus did. But when you look at it, 
What do a lot of Latin people like to say? I have Spanish blood. And again, you have some indigenous people that would really rebuke that. You know, at one point, I actually thought about marrying a Mesoamerican woman, a Latin American that spoke no English. Why? Because of her innocence. I wouldn't have to worry about her telling me, oh, you know what, you got to be a high-value man making X number of dollars a year. This woman could love me from the bottom of her heart, and I could love her the same way without going through any of that. The reason why I'm bringing this up in particular is because innocence is one virtue that's missing in a lot of women. Because that's one of the components men look for. You know, a lot of you ladies talk about how you've abstained from sex and you are a now a virgin at 45 or 46 and you've had three or four kids. We look for that emotional virginity. Makes a big difference. More in a moment. Now, we talked about dorophilia. And anything with philia means you like it. Anything with phobia means you have a fear of it. And usually it's an unwarranted fear of something. Dorophobia, what is that? Certain skin colors, certain skin textures you don't like. So it's the opposite of the other. In other words, dorophilia the person will like someone maybe of a different race or even of their own race. Dorophobia means that they don't like certain skin skin tones. So a dorophobic person would be someone that maybe not like dark skin. They may think that those people are filthy and that's why they don't date them. By the way, I've heard that before when I was in Asia. There was a Chinese lady that a friend of mine was talking to who was African-American while we were there. And she told him that she wouldn't date him because she thought that dark-skinned people were filthy. In her head, we didn't cleanse ourselves enough. Not only physically, but also spiritually. And in some regions of Asia, Darker-skinned people are considered to be cursed. So, you're exposed to the cultural dynamic. When you look at India, for instance, with the caste system, that still exists in certain regions. I don't know if they still have this, but they used to have it where if you're a Dravidian or a darker-skinned person, you were supposed to turn your back when a Brahmin or a lighter-skinned person of prominence came down the street you were not worthy of even looking at them 
If you notice, in Bollywood, on many of the uh, platforms that they have on the shows, most of the people are fair-skinned, for the most part. You look at many of the telenovelas, you see a lot of lighter-skinned people on those. Now, you look even in our films now, here in America. The lighter-skinned black woman is representative of what we call the retail black in America. That's the black person that would not offend white folks if they came to the theater or watched television. When it's a all-black family, like you name any of the shows that had a full black family, the Bernie Mac show, you can go on down. That's specifically geared towards a black audience only, not a crossover audience for the most part. Even though they may have crossover effects, mainly out of curiosity, then they go and do it. But now, if you look at shows like The Jeffersons, the uppity black that made it, now what did he have to do? He had to be a comedian. He had to be funny. You look at the situation with um, JJ and the rest of them. They had to be funny. They were poor. They made fun of being poor. But you have to look at it too. When the Cosby Show came along, I want you to think about it for a moment. That was one of the shows that broke away from the stereotype. Made black folks feel a little bit better because what did they have? If you notice the kids, Theo, and the rest of the children, they were different shades. Lisa Bonet. And it worked because that was more representative in many cases of how a black family looks. Not to say that the one with uh, Esther Rose and John Amos didn't also fit that mold, or even the one with Bernie Mac. But here's the thing. If you looked at Cosby, there was comedy, but there was also a higher intellectual goal to be met besides the laugh, besides the gotchas, besides the mm-hmms. And that was the distinction there. Now, now, I'm, I'm not one to condone any of the things that he's been accused of or anything like that. That's for another day. I had my issues when it came down to Bill Cosby when he tried to tell Richard Pryor about his career, about what he needed to do. Richard Pryor was a grown-ass man making money, being himself. I could see him telling someone who was just starting out that. 
And when it comes, now that we're on this comedic thing for a minute, I look at Eddie Murphy doing one of the best things that a black actor could have ever done. When he made Harlem Nights, had Della Reese, all of those folks in there that never got recognized over the years for the talent they had. He was able to put them together for that. I'll always be grateful for him for doing that. The thing that I say that we need to look at is this. After the mafia had Hollywood, which it pretty much did by the throat at several points throughout our history, what happened? Many of it, many of the institutions in Hollywood was left and the gays came in. No knock against the gays, the LGBTQ community. Except for one thing. When it came down to the representation of the black male in many of these movies now, the straight black male was kind of left out. So what you have is this robust black male that's feminized. The only black male that we really had that was halfway masculine was the unfortunate, unfortunately the gentleman who passed away that was the uh, lead in Wakanda. The rest of these guys having to be hypersensitive, overly feminine, less threatening in order to be more marketable for the films. You look at it, some of the black women in these movies now are have more testosterone than the men. And this also fits into the political space of what we've seen in the 2020 election. This also fits in the political space of what we see in so many areas. But the black woman has been put before the black man. Black man has been pretty much forgotten, disenfranchised. And again, Democrats, black women, these black men are going on the other side of the aisle to the Republicans based on that disenfranchisement. You just got a black Republican governor, black male Republican governor that didn't even want Trump to even be around. And he made it. And now what this means is that if that means that that's going to be their voice, they're going to pursue it on that side of the fence. Remember, the Democrats spoke and said that you were the mouthpiece for the black community on the left. Black men are starting to go over to the right to see if they can be a mouthpiece there, despite Trump. That's where the problem is. That's where the split is. Why do you think these races are so tight? There's midterms. Because of this. They'll figure it out at some point. These guys in barbershops, they're not just talking about bullshit. They're talking about real issues. 
how they're feeling. That's like the church for a man. They could actually view, spill their views out. Just telling you folks. Now, getting back to this dorophobia. They usually, people who have this proclivity, have a certain opinion, a fixed opinion about certain people without really knowing them a lot of times. And this keeps them in check. Now, another thing, just because they may say that they may say they dislike that person because of their skin color, they could very well be attracted to them for that very same thing. And it may be what is called a switch. They may hate black people or hate a certain minority have the confederate flag on their crotch or whatever and still wind up trying to pursue them to have sex. I had a one night stand years ago with a woman. This was, oof, back in the 90s. We were down in Orange County. We had sex took off her clothes she had a confederate battle flag over her abdomen just above her vagina with the cross swords CSA not once was she disrespectful not once did she call me the n-word none of that we got along she apologized for that because she got it when she was younger didn't matter to me I nutted all over that confederate flag but <laughs> what I am saying, <laughs> uh, but what I am saying is this: some people they go in one direction and they come back in that same direction to go the opposite way. You will find that sometimes. But the one thing to keep in mind. There are also people out there who are so phobic about skin color that they will not date you or go out with you if you've been with someone of a different race. I've had black women to turn me down because they've asked me, uh, have you dated anybody outside your race? Yeah? Oh, no thank you. They don't. There are people that are like that. It's like you've been infected with this disease. But what that shows you, with that level of intolerance, you get in a relationship with them, what is it going to be? It's going to be very centric. Very little objectivity in it. See, another thing that we have to come to grips with as well is that as we meet people like these, they're going to have their own opinion and views. You're not going to be able to change them no matter how much you try to debate them, argue with them, or whatever. This is what they believe. Like I said, a belief does not have to be founded in fact. A belief just, a belief just has to be believed. A 
that's all it is. Trump realized that a long time ago. The election is rigged. As soon as he said it, everybody else repeated it. And the news media was trying to dispute it. At first they thought, well, nobody's going to believe that crap. We don't have to dispute it. And then they realized that it caught on like wildfire. And they said, oh, shit, they're ruining our credibility. We're the fake news media now. Wait a minute. Let us start pushing back. But it was too late because their high-brow intellectualism allowed them to think that they were above such nonsense. But the problem is, education is not pushed that much in this country. So these people are subjected to be manipulated very easily. And now you saw the end result after all these years. And this is the way it goes. We're going to talk more in just a moment. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.